0: Meet the Everyday Executive, helping you thrive in any position, from intern to boardroom.
1: Welcome to The Everyday Executive. I'm your host, Adam Mattis. The Everyday Executive is focused on helping you to become the best professional that you're capable of being. We will provide you with tools, tips, and tactics that you can take to the office and begin implementing tomorrow to help you become more efficient more productive, and a better colleague. This week, we're pumped to bring you Craig Martin. Craig is a Baltimore-based entrepreneur and philanthropist who owns one of the finest men's and women's department stores in the entire country. Join us as Craig takes us through his story of development, growing his business in the time of the recession, and how customer service sets him apart and has helped him reach levels of success that he never even imagined. Enjoy this one with Craig Martin. Craig, good morning, man. How are you? Good, how are you? Awesome. Hey, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Um, I'm really excited to to kind of share your message and your story with the folks listening. I feel like you've built something that you know is really strong and unique, and I'm really pumped for people to hear about it. So before we dive into that, can you just give us an idea of who you are and what you stand for in a few words?
0: So I'm Craig Martin. Um, I don't call myself a CEO. Um, I am the founder. I am the the primary owner. I do have a partner in crime. Uh, His name is Rusty Ortiz, who you've met. Um, QG um, has changed tremendously over the last 11 years and has become something I'm quite proud of. I'm proud of the staff who, uh, the 40 plus people who work um, at our Calvert and Lombard location um, but really, what we, you know, focus on every day is how do we change people's lives by improving the w- the way
1: they look and feel. That's awesome, Craig, and I think that's something that you know is really understated. And I think a lot of professionals these days are starting to understand that you know it is a really important thing. I've got a, a friend, Christy, who's done very well um, helping people kind of do something very similar. I mean, obviously, just from a consulting standpoint, but you know just with how busy she's been and with the growth that you all have seen i mean it's it's obvious that people are are taking a more serious approach to how they present themselves
0: well i've seen it happen in the 11 years i've i've had folks come back to me and say wow i got i got that job offer um thanks for your help so you know, seeing the day-to-day impact we have is is really important for us to to uh, dig our heels in on uh, providing that uh, level of service every day.
1: Excellent. Hey, can you tell us real quick, Craig? Just kind of the history of the QG, kind of how it started, where you you know where, where you began with the business, and then you know you mentioned it's evolved quite a bit over the last eleven years. Would be curious to kind of hear about that journey and any hard lessons you may have learned along the way.
0: So yes, uh, October 2005, um, we opened with one employee with an idea that, uh, people wanted service in the, uh, the haircutting industry, the, the barbershop industry, our original tagline was to reinvent the barbershop. Um, and if you, you look back at that time, 2005, there were, I think three companies, uh, in the United States out there doing something uh, on a similar level. Uh, one was uh, from England called True Fit and Hill, another small company that's not so small anymore called Art of Shaving. Um, so I, I saw at least in large markets, Chicago and New York, that idea um, exist. So I decided to give it a try on a similar basis uh, in Baltimore City. So we opened up with again one staff person, me, me uh, greeting and uh, basically working it by myself until you know about three years later. We we I really realized that wow, that this is going to work. Uh, from there, you know, I tried to add things like a cigar lounge, a spa. Uh, additional convenient ways to create a third space uh, make a social platform in the business and make it convenient for people to not only get their haircut or grooming services but allow them to uh, get additional services at the time and then about three years ago we opened uh, our retail store Uh, about five years ago we started doing custom clothing And as you know, Adam, because you were there for our uh, Woodford Reserve night, uh, we opened a uh, a speakeasy restaurant and bar in March of this year.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been, you know, a a growing and learning process. I mean, the evolution has been cool. I mean, I've been coming in, I want to say on and off since 2009 and just seeing how everything's evolved and changed. it's, It's definitely been an inspiring thing.
0: So, so 2009 is kind of where that the, you know, hockey stick uh, from the growth perspective and what we offered, you know, started really changing, which was interesting because we were all kind of, everybody was holding their breath of, of what the economy had, had just done. And, and uh, you know, I felt I was kind of building the business as everybody else was picking up the pieces from the economy.
1: It's actually a great time to reinvent yourself as well. You know, a lot of people looked at that time as something very negative. And I feel like there's been a lot of really successful businesses that kind of rose out of that people that had a different perspective and a different attitude towards the situation. Um, and I think one thing that's really unique that you guys do, and it's I think in broader industry as well, where people are really wanting to get back to that locally owned business. And especially through the fallout of everything that did happen in 07, 08 and 09, um, there's a little less trust in big anything. So whether that's big banks or big retailers, I think there's a big push to authentic service and, and connection. And one thing that I can say that you guys do better than you know anybody is you definitely take care of the customer. You make it your job to know the customer. I, mean, I know every time I step in there, I'm greeted by name. Anytime I see you or I see Rusty or I see Earl or Phil or any of those guys, everybody knows who everybody is and people really value that. This week's episode of The Everyday Executive is brought to you by Madison Company. For those of us that have worked in a corporate environment, I'm sure we've all had interactions with consulting firms. The big firms out there, you know who I'm talking about and you know how they work. They come into your culture, they create an environment that is dependent upon them so you can't get rid of them. They create a dependency that requires us to make sure that we have them funded year after year after year and we're even forced to make staffing decisions and cuts based on our need to keep that firm around. It's time to take a different look at consulting, and it comes from the anti-consultancy consultancy at Madison Company. If your culture needs a refresh, if you want to improve those employee engagement scores, if you want to figure out ways to make your team work better together, Madison Company has the skills, the experience, and the team you need to achieve the operational outcomes that you're after. Specializing in scaled agile transformations, lean enterprise, and cultural transformation Madison Company has the years of knowledge and the breadth of expertise to help make your goals a reality. Learn more at mattislc.com. That's M A T T I S L C.com. Now back to the show.
0: Well, the, the validation for the original business concept of doing an upscale barbershop again, which, which was, you know, at the time I, I was laughed out of uh, family uh, dinners because of the concept. So, But the validation really was when one of my clients in 2008 basically grabbed me and and pulled me aside and said, you know what, Craig, I've given up a lot of things, but I haven't given up you guys. I find you as a significantly affordable luxury that I want to keep in my life. And and you mentioned it. Yeah, I think there is a distrust. Uh, I think we were very lackadaisical on our transactional nature before then. Uh, and people want to work with people who they know and, and trust and, and want to, you know, you, you, Adam, you're invested in, in our success. So that that's kind of the key. So that's kind of when I knew, you know, that gentleman bringing me aside and saying, hey, I'm not giving this up is, is I knew I could build other things on a similar nature and have a relationship. Uh, you know, I, I believe customer service is a two way street. In order for us to serve our clients, and that's another term I use that I never use a customer, I always call them a client, they have to give us, it's a transactional nature where they have to give us information as well. Uh, So we typically, we're we're very careful about who we want to to work with and service. If someone's not able to kind of give us a, a window into their lifestyle and their issues and their problems, we really can't help. Then we're just guessing. So we really insist on having some type of a relationship on 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 both ways.
1: That's such a huge thing, the personalization of the business. So Craig, can you kind of talk us through your journey from a business standpoint? You know, you guys have been through a lot of growth. You, you've, I'm sure, tried a lot of things and maybe failed a few times. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over the last 11 years of building this this strong brand?
0: When I uh, started, I came from a corporate environment, left a a. Very good job um, as an executive. You know, I left thinking I could potentially do it better um, because I didn't have to deal with the BS, and you know, I could could create the rules. Was a little naive at the time because I thought, hey, if I just do things the right way, am a, a open and communicative boss, treat my people right, everything will take care of itself. It really doesn't happen that way you know culture is uh really the key is identifying what you're about that kind of opening question that you asked me earlier and i i just wanted to you know i just wanted to to stay in business that was my first goal so i should have thought a little bigger And, and and what i mean by that is is really trying to select the right folks who want to be part of something special. And I should have done that a lot earlier if I could have. So, so yes, business strategy is not as important as I thought it was. And really, the, the culture you define, it's not the people. It's the right people that make a good company.
1: You know, and that's such an important thing. So one of the things that, that we do day to day is we help companies that – have essentially had that same realization that, you know, it's not about the strategy, it's not about the numbers, it's not about the board. Those things are important. But the key aspect to being successful in any of those areas is to treat your people well. And it never ceases to amaze me how the basic concepts of human interaction and communication escape so many senior leaders and executives. Um, you know, and that, that customer service aspect that 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 mindset just to take care of people is something that's so basic for all of us, that it's, it's probably also the most overlooked. And that's something that I think now, I can't really quantify why now more than last year, or the year before, but so many companies are investing in humanizing their brands. I talked to a gentleman by the name of Pascal Dennis a few weeks ago, who he, he's been through a ton of auto manufacturers and different large industries. And that's a word that he used. That's really stuck with me is the humanization of business. And one of the things that you guys do so well is to kind of bring that concept full circle, right? Because it's more than just how you treat people, it's more than the culture. And one thing that you said that is really important that I I wanna touch on is the transactional nature of all relationships. So many people are focused on what can I get, what can I get from somebody else, what can I draw from this interaction, that they forget the most important part of that interaction is what you invest in that other person. Um, My buddy Johnny always uses the expression, you know, you got to walk into a room and just shotgun value all over the place. And that's, it's a very true concept. If you want to come in and if you want to make an impact, the first thing you have to do is take care of other people.
0: Yeah, I I would say trust is something that takes time to build and you can't do it in a uh, quick meeting. It it happens over time. Subconsciously, I believe we uh, create an account where we're either Adding trust or subtracting trust. A uh, great book um, that I that I mentioned to you earlier uh, was uh, Giving Take," and uh, it talked about the concept of um, givers—people uh, who just their nature is to help—typically uh, uh, have a psychological long-term gain when they're when they're dealing with folks, and and the people who are takers, the people that uh, we find to you know to, to be maybe the, the stereotypical successful business people. Um, unfortunately, you know, whether we realize this or not, there's something called a taker's tax. So every time somebody takes, there's a psychological subtraction that goes on. Um, and you know, every interaction that uh, our company tries to take, we look at uh, that, that kind of bank account that we're creating with folks.
1: So let's talk about that from a customer service standpoint, right? So anytime you guys interact with, as you say, a client, and obviously, you know, the the goal for your survival is to get those clients to want to invest in your business and to spend money, whether it's in the barbershop or the salon, or whether it's with custom tailoring. You mentioned earlier that the transactional nature of that is that the customer or the client has to also invest in the business, in the QG, how do you think you guys have been so successful in building an environment where people want to give as much as they take from your organization
0: I think it's always been um, about the social aspect of of what we do and that's why I added through um, you know the, the original barbershop concept uh, I had a pool table and you know per square foot that that's not the best way to um, increase sales initially uh, my concept was to create a pool table have a lounge where you know you might be sitting down Gentlemen might be or, or, or um, a friend may want to go with you so we created a social uh, nature in, in the barbershop uh, that was different than just kind of people waiting for haircuts so you know, the, the short term negative result was that I was paying for square footage that I wasn't, you know, obviously capitalizing on. Well, shortly after that, the, the gamble kind of paid off. I, I, you know, the business took off from a standpoint, we became the number one groom bachelor party destination, uh, probably within a year. Uh, so the pre pre, uh, ritual of the ladies going to a salon and and getting blowouts. We we kind of put it on put it on its head and started doing that for for uh, gentlemen. So that that was kind of the one initial concept where I you know provided a social aspect that was an a significant investment. And, uh, it, it ended up, you know, that give that gift to our clients ended up being a, uh, significant, uh, long-term good strategic decision for QG.
1: Ah, uh, advertising. I know two minutes, guys, I promise it's worth your time. We can all recognize that at one point or another, we had that coach or that teacher in our lives that helped us to reach the next level who helped push us through the barriers to take us to new levels of success. Well, just because we have reached adulthood doesn't mean the need for coaching has subsided. In fact, many would argue that you have more of a need for a coach now than ever. Check out everydayexecutive.co to learn about the coaching services that we provide. We'll help you set goals, overcome boundaries, and become your best self. All the tools you need to reach that next level of career success that we're all so desperately chasing. Now back to the show. Let's touch on that growth aspect a little bit because I know that initially, you know, you guys were branded as the quintessential gentleman, which is what the QG stands for. And over the last few years, you've branched out from just taking care of the guys to also bringing in, you know, that certain caliber of woman who's looking for, you know, either that killer outfit or that killer spa experience or that killer salon. Can you talk about the evolution from just taking care of the guys into also appealing to that demographic of woman?
0: Sure. So, so, when I first did the, the barbershop concept, obviously barbershops were very specifically male oriented. We never, uh, you know, we never put our flag in the sand basically saying this concept was exclusively male only. And we did, you know, very few percentage, but we did have um, a nice loyal uh, group of clients, you know, ladies with maybe shorter hairstyles that really loved QG uh, in addition, we had a lot of the, the, the people who found us initially were kind of nudged there from, from a girlfriend or from a wife. And our number one market for selling gift cards was actually the, the female market. So, you know, it kind of was an evolution. On top of that, you know, if, if someone reads my bio um, on the website, you know, Quinn, for quintessential, everybody thinks I spelled it wrong. But it actually has two ends, and Quinn was my mom's maiden name. And uh, after she passed, it had a significant impact on me. And basically, I named the business after her, and that kind of gave me the energy and the uh, uh, the resolve to to actually go forward and open my own business. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting because the the business that was originally. You know, destined for men was was you know shaped after my relationship with my mother. So that's some interesting uh, you know backstory. You know, going forward, you know, with that, you know, wanting to to create a truly social business, and in today's market and today's business, it only makes sense to to create a social business that involves both sexes and and provides something. You know, maybe focused to for the gentleman or for the lady to to have their own experiences on different floors, but then to come together, whether it be a couple's massage or um, to have a cocktail at the bar, or you know, maybe play a round of our go- round of golf in our indoor golf simulator. So I, I think you know, creating aspects where. You know, we, we provide differences in different areas, but then at the end of the day, come together, I think has been a, a really special part of what we're doing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you've mentioned a few times the speakeasy that's opened up that that whole experience up there really does kind of round out the day. You know, when I tell people about the QG, I, I kind of give them the whole perspective. You know, you can come in in the morning, you can get, you know, custom fitted and, and tailored uh, with Earl, go up for a massage knock a few rounds of golf in, have a cigar, and have uh, some of the best drinks in town. So you're, you're absolutely right to be able to do that with a significant other. Um, you can definitely have your own individual day. You can have your own individual personalized experience, but then round it out together. So it's, it's definitely been a really cool evolution. So the, the other thing that I want to touch on here that is something that I respect that you guys do that a lot of businesses should do and don't. And that's the charitable aspect of, of what you guys do. So every year I know you do the Bourbon and Bowtie's event to uh, to benefit some nonprofits. But can you just talk us real quick through how you've experienced growth through giving back and investing in the community and in others?
0: So it's it's not a strategic decision to do it. Um, it's, it's just the right that, thing to do. Yeah, I, so so the original, how, how Bourbon and Bowtie's formed is uh, – You know, we had a detective in one of our uh, barber chairs and the barber grabbed me, Brendan, and said, hey, can can you listen to this story, see if we can do anything. told me about a young kid uh, named Shannon who um, about nine months earlier was stabbed in the neck. Um, The gentleman had some disabilities, went to barber school, found his kind of calling. And uh, the day before he was going to take the barber exam to to be able to – work in that career, uh, was stabbed for a cell phone and a, a Yankees cap and, uh, basically left him paralyzed. And, uh, within, within about 10 days, we, we, we met with uh, Jimmy, my partner at Capitol Grill said, Hey, what can we do? We came up with this uh, silly idea of bourbon and bow ties and, uh, raised uh, a little over $10,000 within uh, two weeks. Um, for a night that uh, we um, had a lot of help from uh, the companies, uh, Maker's Mark and Woodford and and Baker's Bookers, all those the, the, those folks, and uh, brought our cigar vendor in. Um, our staff acted as volunteers, and um, you know, in about uh, two months, uh, we were able to get a wheelchair accessible uh, area uh, for um, Shannon in his home. So. After that and after, you know, getting the, uh, you know, the community involved and seeing how we could come together and pull together so quickly, we decided let's do this on a yearly basis, find some local charities, and uh, so the last four years, we've been supporting Semper Five Fund. My father was a Marine in Korea, so that, um, you know, personally impacted me, and uh, health care for the homeless, Um down the street a local partner providing great services so we've been providing uh, you know pretty significant grant checks on a yearly basis thanks to the community and the staff and and every year now we're adding a uh, a, a 10,000 additional grant uh, this year is for the oyster recovery uh, project but we're going to be uh, I think this is going to be year eight. And we're looking forward to doing it. It's a, it's a great um, way to, to connect with the community.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a fantastic event and something that that I look forward to. So definitely excited to have that come up. And we'll be sure that we provide information for that in the show notes, probably a little early in the year to start thinking about it right now. But we'll still get some folks out there and check them out send them some pictures and things like that. That's great. So Craig, let's uh, j- just to kind of wrap up here. Is there anything else that that you want to touch on, any lessons that you've learned, any knowledge that you just want to share with the folks listening that that might help them in their own journey building a brand, you know, no matter whether it's a personal brand or, you know, their own product or service, just anything that you've learned that might help them out?
0: Well, I think I can't say it enough. It's really about um, the journey, who you're working with. You know, I. you know, kept as an individual owner for quite a while and, uh, you know, had been basically hunting after my partner today, Rusty, for uh, three to four years. And it wasn't about his acumen. It wasn't about his, uh, you know, his knowledge, even though that's great. It was, I saw a person that I could work with every day, respect. He could drive me. I could drive him it's It's really about the right people. Again, it's not about people. It's about the right people. And it, it's, I believe more important to to focus on the values versus what you're gonna go out and do. And uh, again, I, I started the company with an idea, a strategy not not the 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 right people strategy. So I, I believe I would have saved a lot of time a lot of energy and, and had a happier journey. If I knew that, uh, you know, I guess secret ingredient going in.
1: That's absolutely true. You know, this is my sixth business that I've started. And I think for me, you know, if I had to ask myself the same question, that's the exact same advice I'd give. You know, you can have the best idea, you can have the best product, but if you don't surround yourself with the people who have the same integrity and drive and commitment that you do, you're, there's nothing you can do to be successful. Um, and that's that's definitely been a hard lesson for me as well. So I'm I'm glad I'm here I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one that's learned that the hard way, but definitely killer advice. Uh, Craig, is there are there any social media outlets or anything you would like to plug? We'll absolutely put those in the show notes, but anything that you would want to drive people towards right now?
0: So you can find us at uh the qg.com, t-h-e-q-g.com. Um, all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter uh, are all on that platform. Uh, so the QG, if you uh, just look it up through uh, a search engine, you can find us. Uh, uh, Instagram's been fun because uh, we kind of use our people on a department level to show their expertise, of what they're doing on each floor. So that, that's been fun. We we'd like to, again, with more time. Uh, because we're so service oriented we're working with our folks we're working with the people i mean you don't see us sitting in our office as much uh, so um, we'd love to be on on more platforms where it's not that we're old and don't understand them it's just a, it's a matter of time
1: absolutely craig thank you so much for your time and this has been fantastic um, i look forward to seeing you i guess probably in the next few days
0: yeah, we're, um, our next event is on December 1st. We're doing a My Father's Cigars and uh, a port wine tasting. So it, it should be a lot of fun.
1: It definitely sounds like I can't miss. Craig, yeah. thanks, man. Have a great day. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed that one with Craig Martin. Craig is such an amazing guy with an inspiring story who's grown his business in an area that others thought was undisruptible. If you enjoyed this episode with Craig, please let him know. Check him out on social media. All of his links are in the show notes, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the like. If you're interested in learning more about the QG, check out theqg.com. Again, the link is in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, check us out on social media, or if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Be sure to check us out next week for our latest episodes, our Tactical Tuesday tips, and all the other great content that we bring your way courtesy of The Everyday Executive. Now get out there and make the world a better place.